turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. M 1280 The Patriot is WWTC Minneapolis St. Paul FM 107.5 K298CO Minneapolis Intelligent Radio With us for a news I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. The U.S. is sending more military aid to Ukraine. Here's correspondent Ben Thomas. Sending on Press Secretary John Kirby says the $350 million package includes anti-armor, small arms, and various other munitions, body armor, and related equipment. Separately, a senior defense official says the assistance also includes Javelin anti-tank weapons. It's to be delivered in phases, but as soon as possible. The official, who spoke on condition of anonymity to discuss internal planning, says the U.S. has delivered military assistance to Ukraine by unspecified means as recently as the last couple of days. I'm Ben Thomas. Russian troops bore down on Ukraine's capital city on Friday with explosions and gunfire sounding in the city as a Ukrainian ambassador says the assaults have in fact hit residential areas as well. This is SRN News. Mark Levin explains the beginning. The insurrection, as they call it, didn't begin on January 6th. And it's still not over. It began when the Democrat Party and its lawyers and the Biden campaign went into court after court, pressured governor after governor, secretary of state after secretary of state to change the rules to benefit Biden and his party. Mark Levin, weeknights at 8 on AM 1280, The Patriot. Intelligent Radio. AM 1280, The Patriot, coming to you from the Kirby and Christina Realty Studios. And we want to hear from you. When do you listen? How do you listen? Let us know and fill out our brief survey at am1280thepatriot.com. You could win a $250 Visa gift card and an Amazon Echo. Weather today, patchy blowing snow and a high of 33. And tomorrow, mostly sunny and a high of 28. The Narn with Mitchburg is next right here on The Patriot. Portions of this program may have been pre-recorded. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great to be back in Minnesota today. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. <laughs> now, here's your headline act, Mitch Bird. Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the wind beneath the right wing. The shining spot of red in the sea of dismal, dingy institutional blue. The Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 12A, The Patriot. My name, Mitch Berg. My blog, which just turned 20 years ago, uh, 20 years old earlier this month, shotinthedark.info, five days a week, all the news that I fit in, along with my, uh, my compadres, Mr. D and First Ringer, uh, we've been bringing it to you for, well, decades now, literally two decades, working on number three. And speaking of anniversaries, next Saturday, 18th anniversary of the Northern Alliance Radio Network, a show that started out as just a dream by a bunch of guys uh, who ran blogs during the week to do a little bit of radio, have a little bit of fun, maybe get a social life. And that's, well, 18 years later, literally, here we are. It's me. Uh, Jack uh, Jack Tomzak coming up right after this at 3 o'clock, the new guy. Uh, Brad Carlson, of course, the closer edition tomorrow from 1 to 3 here on AM 12A, The Patriot. And, of course, King Banyan, charter member of the NARN every Saturday morning from 9 to 11 on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman, together with the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. So it's a lament every talk show host has when they wake up in the morning and think, I've got a show to do today. doesn't matter if you're Hugh Hewitt. Doesn't matter if you're Jack Tomzak. You wake up in the morning and think, Whew, what are we going to talk about today? It's been such a slow news week. <laughs> it has not been a slow news week. It has, in fact, been one of the biggest news weeks of my adult life this past week. You need not uh, go far to notice that the whole world is talking about uh, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Now, I am, I, I, 
I try to stay away on this show normally from national and international coverage because, frankly, this station is, is has a pretty deep bench on national and international issues. I mean, five days a week, this station and our sister station, AM 1570, uh, the, the, uh, the Freedom 1570, thank you very much, uh, have some of the biggest experts in the world on national and international affairs. You've got your Hugh Hewitt, you've got your Dennis Prager, you've got your Sebastian Gorka, Larry Elder, uh, Mark Levin. You, you've, you've got people who genuinely know this, the, these, these subjects on the national and international level and s- study and talk about and deal with them constantly. Oh, and that doesn't even count Freedom 1570. You've got your Ben Shapiro over there. People who, who are able and equipped and placed to comment fluidly, well-informedly, and and extensively 15 hours a week, 10 to 15 hours a week at least, on national and international issues like war and peace and the future of Western civilization and national politics. That's what they're here for. It's it's their beat, and they cover it well. By extension, Brad, Jack, King, and I, well, King covers economics. That's his turf. He's an internationally recognized expert in the subject. Brad, Jack, and I largely cover local and national uh, local and state uh, and regional stuff because that's what this station is short on given the talent we have on the national and international level we kind of cover twin cities metro area minnesota politics for the most part the the three of us here on am 1280 jack uh jack brad and i that's our turf it's what we do it's why we're here that being said there are things about national issues that that have resonance here in the the, the Twin Cities, here on the beat that Jack, Brad, and I cover. Uh, the first and most notable is, of course, uh, there is a sizable Ukrainian population in the Twin Cities here. Uh, there is actually a, a sizable uh, number of Eastern Orthodox and Ukrainian Orthodox, Ukrainian Catholic, even Ukrainian, Ukrainian Baptist, last I checked, churches. Uh, in the Twin Cities that have significant communities of of both uh, people of Ukrainian descent, of which there are many, and, of course, first-generation Ukrainian immigrants who have, some of whom have been here for decades, some of whom have been coming here since uh, since the fall of the Soviet Union, many of whom I've worked with. I have co-workers and colleagues of, over several jobs, over several decades now, who came from Ukraine and uh, and are observing events with a great deal of trepidation right now. I actually have a co-worker with family on both sides, Russian and Ukrainian, of the current fracas, and my prayers are with all of them. Now, a certain amount of ridicule has gone out. Well, I'll, I'll back up to the top. The Twin Cities, uh, the various governments in the Twin Cities, actually governments nationwide, have opted to observe and support Ukraine by doing some fairly fairly low impact uh, activities to to show quote solidarity with Ukraine in the twin cities the city of minneapolis lit up the 35w bridge in blue and yellow the colors of the of the ukrainian flag last night and on the one hand it's fair to say that it is the sort of low impact really you could call it virtue signaling you could call it you could call it something that costs you nothing uh, that that where you risk nothing uh, and in in to support a cause in this case an embattled nation, but that being said, what else can a city or for that matter uh, a person do? I mean, there's there are people out there who will post Ukrainian flags on their social media who will who will do a Ukrainian theme to their their profile picture and and get a certain amount of flags. So, oh yeah, that'll that'll drive the Russians hordes back from Kiev. And so of course it won't. It, it, it reminds me of the people who, who fumfer and 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 crabble about every time there's a there's a mass shooting, and conservatives will say, "Well, thoughts and prayers with all the victims and their families." And and there's always a a, a gaggle of left leaning know it alls who say, "Well, fat lot of good thoughts and prayers will do. We need action on gun violence." Uh, to which I respond. Well, actually, thoughts and prayers are exactly what are needed. And and whether you believe in a God who intercedes in these sort of events or not, the fact is, thinking and praying, or to put it in uh, secular terms, 
thinking and thinking is exactly what you need rather than jumping to emotion-driven, rage-driven, knee-jerk reaction to events. And so while there's not a lot that we as citizens of America can do uh, if we are not of an age and a skill set that enables us to fly to Europe, go across the border, grab a rifle, and join in, which I know you, I don't know about you, but I'm not one of, thinking about what's going on over there, being aware of the situation is exactly the best thing you can do. Thinking, praying if you're so inclined, meditating if you're not, being aware of the what and the why of the situation, and acting accordingly in the ways that are available to you. For example, voting this fall is exactly what exactly what you need to do. I mean, feel free to pony up a few bucks for a Ukrainian support fund if you can find one that hasn't been shut down by the big media giants. Uh, a, a Patreon page to support the Ukrainian army got shut down by Patreon uh, yesterday. Apparently, uh, Patreon has sided with 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 Putin on on this issue. Was sided with the Russians on this issue. Now, I again, my ability to comment on this whole episode, this invasion, the war that's going on in Ukraine right now, is somewhat limited. And, and by the way, I. I should have booked King Banyan on the show. He has a, having done a lot of business in Ukraine, he would certainly have a perspective on this. I will say this, uh, when you talk about voting accordingly, I will say, be careful where you get your information as you vote accordingly. Uh, We had a wide variety of responses from people on the right side of the aisle to the invasion uh, this past week. We had some people on the right who said, it's not our business. It's, it is not our war. And they're correct in, the, in a legal sense. Ukraine is not a member of NATO. They're not a nation that has an immense amount of direct connection with U.S. interests, necessarily. I don't know that anybody has talked about actually, seriously talked about actually sending U.S. military forces into Ukraine, which would be a frightfully bad idea on a lot of levels. Until they're members of NATO, which, in fact, is a good chunk of what this invasion was here to prevent. But I will say this. There have been a lot of takes on both sides, uh, takes that saying that, that the United States should be much more involved, should be sending a lot more and a lot more lethal equipment to the Ukrainians, although more on that in a moment. There are Americans who say that this is really not our war to fight. And by the way, they have a point as well. This is uh, something that Europe should be dealing with much more uh, aggressively. than. And to be fair, for once in the post-Cold War era, NATO is actually pulling its act together and doing what it's supposed to do. We'll, We'll give this to them. NATO, with the conspicuous exception of Germany, is actually stepping up and doing what it was designed to do. And I think that, uh, again, as a non-expert also, I think that's largely to do with the influence of the newest members of NATO, people who've joined over the last 25, 30 years over the protests of Vladimir Putin and the Russians, by the way. Countries like Poland, the Czech Republic, Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, Hungary, Bulgaria... Countries that have experienced Soviet domination in the the most immediate possible way for, for decades of their history. Countries that fought literally against in 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 in, a, in armed violence as much as they could against the Soviets. I'm talking about Hungary in nineteen fifty six. Nations that that carried on a civil rights protest no less inspiring than America's own civil rights battle. I'm talking about Poland in the 1980s, the, the, the first break in the dam of Soviet power, in the, which eventually, with and via the good graces of God, Ronald Reagan, Margaret Thatcher, and Pope John Paul II, 
led to the downfall of the Soviet Union. But it's the leadership of countries like like these countries that, that escaped the Warsaw Pact 30 years ago that I think is driving a good chunk of NATO to actually pull in the right direction here. We'll talk about one poll in very much the wrong direction when we come back. Feel free to join me, 651-289-4488, the number to call. You can also join us on Twitter, Gab, Parler, MeWe, and Getter at hashtag NarnShow if you prefer to join in that way. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot, Slava Ukraini. Salmon fishing in Alaska at an amusement park in Green Bay or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. This is Al Malmberg. This coming Sunday morning on the World of Aviation, we'll spend some time with George Nolly. Nolly graduated from the Air Force Academy and went on to fly 315 combat missions in Vietnam. Following his stint in the military, he flew for United Airlines and Jet Airways, which operates throughout Europe, Asia, and the Middle East. Nolly's career in aviation and life experiences is absolutely fascinating. Join us Sunday morning at 10.05 for the World of Aviation, right here on AM 1280, The Patriot. Hi, friends. This is Katie Pavlich from townhall.com. The liberal media and big tech are working overtime to promote the left's anti-American agenda to silence me and the reporters on our team at Town Hall. We must bring the truth to the American people free from the spin of big media and the censorship of big tech companies. Town Hall covers the news that matters, exposing the COVID lies, the leftist rot and crime surge in our cities, the illegal alien crisis at our southern border, and all of Joe Biden's unconstitutional overreach including the critical race theory attacks on our children and grandchildren by school boards working with the Department of Justice. Visit townhall.com each morning, afternoon, and night for the truth as my team investigates the Biden administration, their big media friends, and leftist activists. With your support, we can keep holding government bureaucrats and their allies in the media accountable. Visit townhall.com today to join the fight. The fight for our nation starts with townhall.com. This is Sebastian Gorka, and I want to invite you to join me for a powerful travel opportunity that will likely become the highlight of your year. I'm headed to Israel in November 2022 for a 10-day Stand with Israel tour of the key sites and best places meant to give you an unprecedented view of a world you've likely only read or heard about. Together, we'll uncover key geopolitical insights as we unpack Israel's significance on the world stage. You'll return home empowered by the experience. If you've ever dreamt of visiting Israel, this is your opportunity. Come with me in 2022. For more information, call 855-565-5519 or book online at Stand with IsraelTour.com, 855-565-5519, or stand with IsraelTour.com. Have you been charged with a gun crime? Have you lost your gun rights due to an old criminal offense? Have you been denied a permit to carry or a purchase of a firearm? I'm attorney Kelly Keegan, and I can help. Contact us for a free consultation at KeeganLawOffice.com. AM 1280, The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488, the number to call, should you care to join me, and I hope you will. Hey, speaking of hearing from me, the station wants to hear from you as, as, a, as a general thing here. We, we want to hear from you. You can fill out our brief survey at am1280thepatriot.com, and you could win a $250 Visa gift card and... And Amazon Echo, all by way of saying thank you for listening and thank you for your feedback. That's the AM12A, the Patriot.com listener survey. Who, this is the station's all about listening to you, which is why we give out the phone number, 651-289-4488, and the way to reach us via the hashtag NarnShow on. Let me get ready for the list. <clears throat> Twitter, Gab, Parler, MeWe, and Getter. And who knows, we may wind up uh, putting up an account on Truth at some point here, the, the, the Trump Network, we'll see what happens uh, here. I, I, it's been interesting uh, watching that roll out here. I'm not exactly an early adopter yet because, let's be honest, I'm on Twitter, Gab, Parler, MeWe, and Getter already. 
Who needs another social network? I, I'm dying to see which one comes in uh, ahead here at some point here. By the way, we're also on Facebook on the uh, Northern Alliance Radio Network fan page, broadcasting our uh, video live stream there. Hi, if you're watching right now, sound off in the comments section. I always love to hear who tunes in for these things. Um, so live stream for those of you who like your radio with pictures. <laughs> Go figure. Anyway, we're there. Uh, we're there everywhere. Uh uh, via all sorts of different, uh, every possible medium you can you can imagine, AM 12A, The Patriot, FM 107.5, the website, live streaming, you name it, we're there. So there's a lot of different responses to the invasion. Perhaps the worst, and I, I say this fully knowing that I'm probably going to get some of you out there flaming me up over this year, uh, but I have to say President Trump was an embarrassment this past week, former President Trump. Uh, and if I'm reading this wrong, feel free to set me straight or try to set me straight on this. But uh, Donald, President Trump, who, by the way, as I've been very open about over the last six years on this broadcast, I was a Trump skeptic. I disliked Trump, uh, his public persona. Going back to the mid-'80s, I was, not a, I was a Trump skeptic at best during the election. After the election, during the, his term in office, there were things he did so much better than I expected that I was kind of astounded. And there were things where he lived down below my worst expectations, all at the same time. I, I'm not going to agree with Dennis Prez, uh, Prager that he was a great president, but he did great things. He did some very great things. He certainly outkicked his coverage as far as I was concerned. And in fact, if he hadn't blown up over the election after the election if his last two months in office hadn't been such a complete uh, cluster uh, crash uh, he it, it, i think he would have set himself up really well quite frankly but this past week frankly just among us adults has been kind of an embarrassment uh via CBS, as, as uh, Russia began its full-scale invasion on Wednesday, Trump told Fox News, quote, this all happened because of a rigged election, end quote. Uh, speaking at a fundraiser at Mar-a-Lago Wednesday night, he continued his praise of Putin, calling him, quote, pretty smart, in quote, taking over a country for $2 worth of sanctions. Remarks were circulated on Twitter. Now, I'll meet him halfway on this. Putin knows full well that the sanctions aren't going to directly affect him. In fact, Sanctions, economic sanctions, have an almost nil record of affecting things like whether a country starts a war or not, especially a country that is largely self-sufficient, as Russia is, at least the necessities of life, food and fuel. They, they have it. Their economy is a disaster. They're a nation of 350-odd million people in, an, uh, in a demographic death spiral, I mean, they're, they're not replacing their own population. The population's getting old. It's, 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 it's like all the rest of Europe. It's you know, not, not at replacement levels, which is not the mark of a vibrant, vital society. It's a nation of 350 million people with the same gross domestic product as the state of Florida. Florida, of course, a, a wealthy state of about uh, 24 million or so, as I recall. So... 15 times the population, same money. That tells you the economic as well as demographic death spiral that Russia is in. So sanctions are, at least in the short term, relatively irrelevant. They have what they need, but they, they don't need or use a lot because they're a poor country, except for its military, and that's the bulk of its even even now, as in the uh, in, in the Soviet era, if you leave out fossil fuel production, it's a good chunk of their domestic product is building weapons. At any rate, so Trump had a point there, but as usual, the way he put it out there was a huge problem, kind of an embarrassment. It's given Democrats a lot of mileage in trying. And quite frankly, failing, but trying to portray Republicans as soft on Putin. Most Republicans balked at uh, Putin's, uh, Putin's move in Ukraine, called for swift and steep sanctions. 
Others still aligned with Trump have uh, echoed the former president, adopted a far less hostile view of the Russian leader. This is according to CBS and been more circumspect about any U.S. military actions in Europe. The sentiment has been bolstered by Trump allies on prominent media platforms. Uh, They're talking Tucker Carlson here. Many who have been framing Washington's alarm about Russia and his establishment, even an elitist concern. And yeah, I'll Tucker Carlson is wrong on this. Don't know why he's right on so many things. He's wrong about this. Trump, again, wrong about this. Is there context to be added to it? Sure, of course there is. He's right. Putin has no real concern immediately, immediately about economic sanctions. Now, in the long term, perhaps another story. Uh, But at any rate, Donald Trump has... I don't know, as far as I'm concerned, stepped in it. It's been a disastrously bad week as far as his messaging goes. Now, I think, anyway, with that out of the way, let's talk a little bit about what we're seeing from Ukraine, seeing from the the battlefield. Now, a good friend of this blog, Sean Sorrentino, who's a social media guy, works in engineering, I believe, and is a uh, veteran of the 82nd Airborne Division, actually, pointed out, as a savvy fellow that he is, that you have to be really careful about what you're seeing coming from Ukraine these days. The video you're seeing, the social media that you're seeing, you have to be very careful. For example, Wednesday, really Thursday here in the States, the story of the ghost of Kiev started circulating, the story of a, of a, of a Ukrainian fighter pilot who managed to get into the air and shoot down. And the accounts vary. They keep getting bigger. I mean, this is like a fish story on, on an international stage. Initially, it was three kills in one day, and then four, and then five, which makes him an ace. That's what ace means in terms of pilots, five kills. And and now the, the, the current conventional wisdom is he's got six kills of Russian aircraft and helicopters uh, in one day. And it's one of those things that you, if you support Ukraine, as I do, it's one of those things that you want to be true, kind of. I mean, you don't want a war, but we have a war. Nothing you can do about it. And frankly, there are aspects of, of this war that, that do, in fact, give you good guys and bad guys. And we'll come back to that in a moment here. The, the ghost of Kiev is almost certainly fiction, almost certainly an urban legend that sprang up out of social media and and circled the globe before that as mark twain said while the truth was still getting its shoes tied there hasn't been an ace in a day in uh, since world war ii there hasn't been a jet fighter ace outside of the israeli air force since the vietnam war getting kills in jet combat is really 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 hard and the the, the odds that that the idea of the ghost of kiev this rogue fighter pilot this 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 uh, this hero who comes from nowhere, strikes and, and gets away in one piece, is almost certainly a Ukrainian version of Robin Hood. Something that, that may have a grain of truth to it, but has blown into something that serves as, as something of a national legend. And for that, it's important. Nations need these sorts of things, especially when they're in a troubling situation. But that's almost certainly not true. Now, the grain of truth to it may well be that the Ukrainians managed to get their air force moved off of the big air force bases so it couldn't all get blown up in one sitting by the by the initial Soviet attack, which, by the way, is smart, smart, smart. <laughs> not that I know. I've, I'm not a veteran. I read a lot of military history, and I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express, so I'll, I'll claim a certain amount of second- and third-hand knowledge. have a lot of people in my social circle who are veterans of various armed services. And the Ukrainians might be said to have learned something from previous air forces, like the Polish Air Force in World War II, which, by the way, contrary to German propaganda, fared very well against the against the Nazis, even though they were flying equipment that was considerably older. It appears, while the ghost of Kiev may in fact be an urban legend that has been spread worldwide by social media, it appears... Contrary to all expectations, the Ukrainian Air Force is still flying, still doing its job, contesting the air, if not driving the Russians from the skies, at least denying them air supremacy, which is what they need and, in fact, needed 
on the first day. We'll, we'll get into some what-ifs here just because as a military history geek, it's it's one of those things I, I enjoy doing. And by the way, I welcome you to do as well. 651-289-4488 is the number to call should you care to join. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network. We're on AM 1280, The Patriot. Halfway through the first hour, don't forget we got Walter Hudson joining us after the top of the hour here. He'll be talking about his race uh, to run for Minnesota State House of Representatives. Much more on that when we come back. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. Jane came to Robbinsdale Women's Center, excited to be pregnant, but she was being pressured by her boyfriend to abort. She wasn't sure she could do it on her own. When she heard the heartbeat and saw her baby, she knew she had to find a way. Through parenting classes and community resources at RWC, she received the help that she needed to choose life. Hi, I'm Eva. I'm one of the nurse sonographers at Robbinsdale Women's Center. I have the privilege of showing women their babies on ultrasound for the first time. Last year, 279 women at risk of aborting their babies instead chose life. Our goal at Robbinsdale Women's Center is to give accurate information on all pregnancy choices. All services are provided at no cost with no government funding. We rely on people like you who value women and their unborn babies. Since 1992, thousands of babies have been given the gift of life. Your donation to RWC will help save babies. Visit rwcinfo.org to donate. That's rwcinfo.org. You can now lose your job for refusing to call a biological male she. And confused children are being pumped full of drugs to block puberty. How have we gotten to this point? The compelling new documentary, The Tragedy of Gender Confusion, has now been banned from online streaming. See the program the corporate media wants to hide from you. Get the DVD at SalemNowStore.com. When you take the time to really get to know your body, you find that the root causes of its aches and pains are usually simple. The older we get, the more exercise we undertake and the more injuries we sustain, the more inflammation our bodies suffer from. It's so simple. And my answer to that pain is Relief Factor, which I discovered years ago and take every single day to great effect. It helps the body to fight off inflammation, and I've never found anything that worked better in my life. I can't recommend it enough. 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it works for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. relieffactor.com I've got a math question for you. When you add tolerance, subtract prejudice, and multiply efforts to treat one another with respect, what do you get? Less division. And school sports have it down to a science. Looking for an example of what can happen when we realize there's more that unites us than divides us? Look no further than high school sports in Minnesota. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. AM 1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. 651-289-4488, the number to call. Hey, don't forget, listen to submissions for the world's greatest cookbook going on right now. Go to am1280thepatriot.com. Get in on the action. Northern Alliance Radio Network. 651-289-4488. As I mentioned... Walter Hudson joining me after the top of the hour, longtime co-host, actually guest host, I should say, on the Northern Alliance, uh, who, by the way, I was saying until fairly recently should be on the air. He used to be on the Lesser Talk station here in the Twin Cities uh, on a daily on the daily basis. And uh, one of my favorite hosts to listen to in the Twin Cities, all due respect to, well, all the rest of us. But he's great. And he's not going to be doing it now because, of course, he's running for the Minnesota House of Representatives. 
and in a just world, he will win, and he will be in the state legislature. And he's the kind of person we need to have in the Minnesota state legislature. I'm looking forward to having a chat with him during this uh, next hour here coming up here. So, by the way, I talked a little bit about Donald Trump's very no good, very, very bad take on Putin and the invasion here. I have to also talk about uh, sort of the opposite side of the right. Some of my libertarian friends, small L and big L, have held on to this. I mean... There's an idea in libertarian circles that all you have to do to to make war go away is just observe the non-aggression principle yourself. And, of course, the the likes of Vladimir Putin are why the the non-aggression principle doesn't work. Now, libertarians say, well, if you're being someone's attacking you, you suspend the non-aggression principle and you fight them. Well, okay, that's fine, except that that if you want to fight back against someone who actually has the will to power and spends time honing their ability to exert that power on you, then just come up and say, hey, we oppose you. Doesn't work. You need to have institutions whose job it is to beat back those with the will of power, be they cops, be they a military. Fundamentally anti-libertarian institutions, which is one of the reasons I left the Libertarian Party in the first place, because it rejects the notion that, well, it, it, it doesn't account for the observation that really there's a three-way tension in all of civil political life. Because without law and order, without some sort of order, prosperity is impossible. I mean, if you can't produce something without knowing it'll be taken or stolen or destroyed, then why produce it? There has to be some sort of order. And yes, most of the time, most people can create order by themselves, but far from all, as we see this week. And on the other hand, and beyond that, without prosperity, freedom is impossible because if you're busy working as a hunter-gatherer from sunup to sunset, you're not going to be thinking about the thoughts and rights of man. Big thoughts go away when you're trying to survive. Without prosperity, freedom is irrelevant. And without freedom, then order is tyranny. It's a three-way battle that is always fighting in a, in a genuinely free, prosperous, orderly society. There is a constant tension between those three forces. Freedom should win, but there need to be the other two. Now, libertarians beyond that, and I say this with all due respect to many good friends of mine who are libertarians, they look at the situation in Russia, which, by the way, has 140 million people, not 350. I was going by Soviet-era numbers because I'm a child of the 80s. At any rate, uh, the, 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 you see libertarians putting out maps of, the, of Europe, maps of the, of the periphery of, of Russia, showing little dots or little stars for all the U.S. and, and Western and, and opposition military bases surrounding russia and they say well of course they're of course they have a vladimir putin they're surrounded by by people who are hostile to them what are they supposed to do well yeah they're surrounded by people that are hostile to them why would that be they occupied they, they occupied eastern europe for 50 years and it wasn't a benign pleasant occupation by any means 10% 10% of the population of of uh, Estonia vanished between 1945 and 1991. Just went off to the gulag, never to be seen again. In the Crimea, entire populations, including uh, a group close to me, the Volga Deutsch, uh, Germans who emigrated to Russia in the 1800s, and then the lucky ones came to America because Stalin murdered the rest of them. These were people who, in what is now called Ukraine, well, they were. <laughs> they don't exist anymore. Uh, and, I mean, they were all murdered one way or the other, slowly or quickly. And you, you look at countries like Finland, who had to fight a bloody civil war to eject the, the communists from Finland. You look at countries like Poland that lived for centuries under Soviet or Russian rule, both Soviet and pre-Soviet, and have hideous, hideous memories of of life under Russian uh, Soviet rule, both in living memory and throughout history, going back hundreds of years. There's a joke told in Poland currently, <laughs> as it what what happens if if we go to war against both Germany and Russia? Who who do you shoot first? And the Polish response is, 
well, we shoot the German first, business before pleasure. That's how Poles see their relationship with both of their their neighbors who have been fighting over them and killing them and oppressing them for centuries. And you look at every neighbor of Russia, not just the Soviet Union, but Russia going back hundreds of years. You look at Finland, you look at Ukraine, you look at the the various uh, Balkan states, Baltic states, the states along the Black Sea, Armenia, Azerbaijan, and, and, and other countries down there, Georgia in particular. Their record of dealing with Russia is as people that have been subjugated by the czars as well as the commissars. And so... And the people of Ukraine are the same way. The people of Ukraine, in fact, probably have the worst memories of Russian rule, because in addition to having their independence squashed under various Russian rules and in the Soviet era, the Soviets brought a particular extra aspect to it. The Ukrainian word is Holodomor. It was the forced starvation of between three and four million Ukrainians in the 1930s, a a, a program of active expropriation of food supplies and killing off of the of the agricultural sector uh, workers, especially the people who ran uh, the, the the farm, the small private farms that existed at the time, the kulaks that were exterminated by the the Soviets, it led to three three to four million deaths. By the way, it was the first of many episodes where the New York Times covered themselves in shame should in a justify in a just world have excluded themselves from polite from consideration in polite company for the work that their reporter in in the Soviet Union at the time Walter Durante did on in covering Ukraine pointed to the extent that he ever even acknowledged that there was a program of starvation going and he said it was a, a counterinsurgency against enemies of 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 freedom in the Soviet Union so the New York Times actively covered up for, apologized for, even exalted Joseph Stalin for killing off Ukrainians. So if you're a Ukrainian right now, in living memory, at least of a few people who are still left alive, you have the memory of Russians, granted with a slightly different flag than they have today, but still same basic idea, murdering and starving to death millions, ten, by today's numbers, 10% of the population, more back then, why do you suppose they are welcoming Western, quote, interference, end quote, in keeping the Russian bear in its, in its cave? You look at Poland, Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, the Czech Republic, Slovakia, Slovenia, uh, Bulgaria, Hungary, all of these states, Finland, for that matter, all of them, and Ukraine, have horrific memories of their time under Russian and Soviet rule. Different flags, same people. But if you're a libertarian, or if at least you're one of those libertarians, all you see is a bunch of bases and a reductionistic notion that they are responding to the fact that they are surrounded. And yes, Russians have historical paranoia as well. They've been conquered and, and beaten up by people going all the way back to the Vikings and before. But they have taken that paranoia out on their neighbors over the years. And so, libertarians, I do urge you to learn just a smidgen of history, if I may be so bold. Now, let's talk a little bit about some of the images we have. Now, I'll talk about some of the social media images in a bit here. But I think some of the images that have come out that we can confirm are real are the images of two of the more prominent leaders in Ukrainian life today, of course, the president, Vladimir Zelensky, and the mayor of Kiev, who's, uh, I believe, is uh, Valery, sorry, I believe his name is Valery Klitschko, former heavyweight boxing champion, who was elected mayor of Kiev recently, and both of whom have been seen in pseudo-military uniforms, in some cases gunned up, out in front with the troops, providing photo ops of actually actively leading or being seen to be actively leading the resistance. As one person put it, not hiding out in a bunker, which, of course, if you followed the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq, you know that if you're up against a modern air force, hiding in a bunker is a good way to wind up as a dead former leader. 
they're out and about, partly, no doubt, for tactical reasons, partly because it's great leadership. And I think, again, not to be excessively partisan, but here you have these images of these leaders of of a, of a plucky, benighted, vastly over over uh, outnumbered people who are fighting back and, and by some indications fighting back relatively successfully, fingers crossed. And I'm thinking this provides an amazing counterpoint to some of the other images of leadership we've had. I'm not just talking about our, our senile president who no way, no how is, is suffering any mental degradation right now. I have to think that this invasion has to is something that Justin Trudeau has to be down on his knees thanking God for because it took him out of the headlines for a bit. And yet, the images of Mayor Klitschko and President Zelensky acting like leaders. I mean, there's a picture of Klitschko in a helmet with body armor holding a Russian-Ukrainian machine gun. And I'm just thinking, wow, Kiev has this for a mayor. We've got Jacob Fry, who does photo puff pieces in Vogue, talking about the, the clothes he wears as he, as he goes running. The comparison couldn't be more drastic, and I have to wonder what Mayor Klitschko would do about our bit of a carjacking problem that we have in, in, in Minneapolis. <laughs> and I think this is important because the images of leaders we have in the West tend more towards Justin Trudeau than Valerie Klitschko. That's important, folks. We'll be back with more of that. Go nowhere. Northern Alliance, AM 1280, The Patriot. AM 1280, The Patriot. Soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the Sculpture Garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon. We're where you are. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. This entertainment answer brought to you by Exergen. Channing Tatum stars in the new heartfelt adventure Dog and says this about his furry co-star Lulu. You can really only experience joy in the present. And I think dogs are just so present. They can go from like dead asleep to like having the time of their life. It's all in a real time sort of thing. It doesn't mean they don't want to go play fetch or go for a walk or something. But I think humans somehow love dogs because of that. Dog rated PG-13. For more information, head over to theentertainmentanswer.com. Four years ago, China expert Stephen Mosher warned us about the rising threat of Chinese totalitarianism. Four years later, the threat from China has grown exponentially. Yet in spite of China's relentless violations of human rights and dignity, China is being honored as the host of the Winter Olympics. Read the unvarnished truth about China you won't see during the Olympics. Get Stephen Mosher's fully updated book, Bully of Asia, Why China's Dream is the New Threat to World Order. Available at Amazon and wherever books are sold. Huh. Really? Well, my commute's painless. You feeling okay? I'm serious. Since my company moved to Center Point of Mendota Heights, my commute has become a breeze. It's located near major highways for easy access to anywhere in the metro. No way. Yeah. Plus, hot lunch spots nearby, and when the weather gets nicer, I can get out on the trails along the Mississippi. Sure, but don't you miss being in an office downtown? Nah, not with eight single-story buildings and fully customizable space to fit our company's culture and needs. No shared common areas. We've got private bathrooms and free parking. Did you say free parking? Yep. No more parking contracts or searching for a spot on the street. I park right outside the front door. No way. Where is this? Center point of Mendota Heights. It's just off Highway 55 and 62. That means super easy access to the airport. It's an ideal place for any business looking for a value forward move. You can check it out at escapetomendota.com and work where it's easier to work. All right. I'll tell my boss to visit escapetomendota.com. With the vast majority of media today leaning hard left, it can be tricky to find news that actually shares, let alone defends, a conservative viewpoint. Hotair.com provides analysis and commentary from conservative writers like Ed Morrissey. Hotair.com. AM 1280, The Patriot. 
Northern Alliance Radio Network. Hey, don't forget, with the Half Off Deals uh, Patriot Program, Patriot Half Off Deals Program, you can save half or more on great products and services in the Twin Cities. Right now, you can get half off of uh, deals currently. Wow, they sold out. What? Anyway, they move fast, so get on AM 12A the Patriot. Keep watching them. Check out Half Off Deals icon. Keep uh, your eyes on the space. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Don't forget Jack Tomzak coming up at 3 o'clock. And uh, Brad Carlson, of course, tomorrow from 1 to 3. Well, Walter Hudson scheduled to join us here after the top of the hour. And uh, we're going to be talking about his bid to well, join the Minnesota State Legislature in a year when we desperately need more people like him uh, in the Minnesota State Legislature. There have been some interesting moves this past week in the state legislature. Uh, the, the, the most interesting one, I think, is redistricting came out, and some of the tap dancing that has happened has included the fact that to two two legislators that got districted together included uh, Melissa Lopez-Franzen, the Democrat uh, state, the DFL, I should say, uh, Senate president, or majority leader, anyway, I believe they're one of their top uh, dogs in the Minnesota State Senate, and Ron Latz, who, by the way, went to Harvard. I don't know if you knew that. And boy, when the minority woman runs up against the establishment man. Who do you suppose wins? <laughs> Why, uh, Rod Latz wins. Uh, Melissa Lopez-Franzen is retiring from the Minnesota State Senate after this term. And Ron Latz, who went to Harvard, I don't know if you knew that, uh, will carry on. So all of that talk about pushing women upward through the glass ceiling of politics is in fact pretty much elective election time palaver here. So anyway, some things that that uh, observations out of Ukraine this past week that uh, I want to just touch, touch on very briefly here. I, as a friend of the broadcast, Sean Sorrentino said, uh, you can't always tell by looking at the video what you're looking at unless you have a very practiced eye at looking at Soviet era military equipment, which, by the way, equips both of the militaries, Ukrainian and. Uh, uh, Russian military. They, the tanks look the same. The personnel carriers and trucks are the same. The rifles they carry are the same. Far as you know, the uniforms are the same. In fact, it's got to be, as friends of mine who've served in the military uh, point out, it's got to be a nightmare to be soldiers on both sides just wondering which side you're, is coming at you here because all the equipment is the same. And so that that's an issue for, for us, certainly, as well as them. However, good friend of mine who, who served in the military and spent years learning what Soviet mili- uh, military equipment looked like pointed out there's a viral video going on, going around of a of a column of vehicles that was caught out on a road, apparently by an airstrike, judging by the bomb craters all over the place, and just got shredded. I mean, there's there's pictures of, of armored personnel carriers that looked like they were picked apart and left to rust for years, uh, except the rust was black. Uh, and he pointed out that the vehicles that they're looking at are bridging vehicles, bridges that combat engineers use to put a bridge across a river where there is no bridge or where the existing bridge got blown up. And you're absolutely right in saying that both countries use the same bridging equipment. They were built in the same factory at the same time for the same army at that time, the Soviet Union. So whose bridging equipment is it? Well, in the case of this video, most likely Russian, and here's why. The Russians are the ones who are moving forward. The Ukrainians, for the most part, are the ones who are retreating so far, probably. But and when you're retreating against a larger force, what do you do? You blow up bridges. You blow them up so the enemy's tanks can't cross them. And so you got to bring up bridges to cross these bridges to allow your tanks and trucks and supplies to get across to to push the advance. The Ukrainians aren't building bridges. They're blowing them up. They're stashing their bridging engineers away around the country in case they need them to counterattack sometime here. It's those little observations you got to be aware of here, uh, potentially here. So be, be aware that much of what you're seeing on both sides likely is propaganda, likely is out of context, likely not even from this war in some cases here. Some other thing, one other thing I thought was really interesting. In in fact, you have people out there on the left who, when not saying, oh, Republicans are supporting Putin, which, by the way, is, is complete rubbish, 
Mitch McConnell came out very strongly in support of Ukraine yesterday, and I think he reflects the, the, the feelings of an awful lot of Republicans and conservatives especially. But one thing that was really interesting that, that jumped out at me on national public radio last night, which I listened to so you don't have to, they were talking with a female member of the Ukrainian Duma, of their, their parliament, their, their legislature in, in Ukraine, and she is talking about, and she's a middle-aged, probably 40, 50-something woman, and she had just been gone out and gotten an AK-74. They don't use AK-47s anymore. It's a 74. Anyway, long story. She said she's, she, she wants to fight back against the, the, the Russian invasion. If they get to Kiev, she's going to be taking pot shots at Russian soldiers, like an awful lot of Ukrainian people. In fact, in the immediate aftermath of the invasion, President Zelensky suddenly declared that, that Ukrainians have a right to keep and bear arms and started issuing rifles willy-nilly to people all over the place, which was brought about an interesting response, not only from NPR, but from an awful lot of people who... Mere days before, we're saying there is no legitimate reason for a civilian to own a military-style rifle. These same people were turning cartwheels up and down saying, yeah, more power to the Ukrainian people, uh, and, and good job, President Zelensky, for arming them. Missing completely the irony that this is exactly the situation. Well, one of a number of situations where... Why we have a Second Amendment in the United States. So if a tyrant does try to take over, they've got a few tens of millions of people to worry about. Behind their, maybe not shooting at their tanks, but certainly shooting at the people who are bringing the fuel and the food and the ammunition to the tanks. Which is where armies like Russia get into big trouble. By the way, speaking of big trouble, I will may never know the Russian timeline. We may never know if they plan to have taken Kiev by the end, well before the end of the first day, but the fact that they tried to drop paratroopers on the airports and got beaten back, got wiped out by some accounts on the airports, indicated that they planned to have Kiev under control by the end of the first day. They're on day four here, which may mean things aren't going all that well with the Russian war plan. We may never know. We'll keep an eye on it. Walter Hudson joining us when we come back. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. In 1981, Heritage Christian Academy began with 13 students. Today, they celebrate God's faithfulness with 550 students in grades K through 12. God has shown his provision for HCA for 40 years. Let me introduce one of God's faith-filled stories. Hi, I'm Scott. I teach Bible and social studies at Heritage Christian Academy. It is wonderful to know and hear the stories from founding families that had the vision to begin this school 40 years ago. God's providence is a testimony to his everlasting vision and plan for his people. There is no doubt God has been preparing me for this teaching position at Heritage Christian Academy throughout my life. From my experience in corporate America to the many years of teaching and training between church and work, I can look back at how God has been preparing me for my place at HCA. It's been quite the journey. It is one of my greatest joys to teach the students at Heritage Christian Academy. For more information about Heritage Christian Academy in Maple Grove, visit heritageweb.org. Are you tired of exposing your retirement to stock market risk? Would you like to participate in stock market gains but never stock market losses? Then join Dale Tondrick for the Retirement and Income Radio Show, Sundays at 11 a.m. Call Dale Tondrick now to get your complimentary customized retirement and income kit, plus the free retirement and income book at 844-320-7233. That's 844-320-SAFE. The Retirement and Income Radio Show, Sundays at 11. No market risk retirement strategies. Did you know that the FTC reported a 45% increase in fraud and identity theft claims in 2020? Our increased digital lives and shift to remote work have created easy targets for scammers. Staying safe may feel daunting, but protection for you and your family is easier than you think with Identity Guard. Plus, there's no better time to get started. Identity Guard is offering listeners a free 30-day trial. Visit IdentityGuard.com slash News Talk today for a free 30-day trial. That's IdentityGuard.com slash News Talk. Got inflation? Not at PJ's Appliance Outlet. Every day your dollar will buy 40 to 70% more at PJ's Appliance. 
Hi, this is PJ. We take great pride in separating ourselves from those overpriced big box stores. How? By simply providing over-the-top customer service and great quality products at unbeatable prices. PJ's Appliance Outlet has quickly become the trusted go-to store for brand new scratch and dent appliances. You'll save hundreds, even thousands of dollars on brand new name brand refrigerators, ovens, washers and dryers and dishwashers. From trusted brands like LG, Electrolux, Whirlpool, Frigidaire and many more. We're also the exclusive dealer for the Ilve handmade Italian stoves that you see on the DIY TV shows. Don't pay inflated prices for name brand appliances. Take the short drive to save big, big dollars at PJ's Appliance Outlet. Visit our easy-to-get-to Plymouth showroom today or find us online at pjsapplianceoutlet.com. That's pjsapplianceoutlet.com, where every deal is a steal. AM 12.